Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. How many of you guys are ready for the word? How many of you guys are enjoying your Encounter Us communities? You guys have been participating now. We're into our third or fourth week of communities, and you're having a great time. We had a great time with the men yesterday morning. And I know there's other communities that have met, and you can still sign up. You can go to the EncounterJesus.us website, or you can download your app, and you can still get plugged in to an Encounter Us community. But as we've gone through that, our transformation series, how many feel like, Lord, I'm still in process? Come on. I'm still in process. And we've started off with our spiritual health, and then thank uh, Terrence for last week sharing a great message. On our physical health, come on, how many of you guys, you said, I want to continue with being spiritually healthy, physically healthy, and now we're moving into the third aspect of our Transform series is being mentally healthy, mentally healthy. So just take your hand and say, Lord, just touch my brain. Come on, how many of you guys, your brain, like, you know, sometimes someone said that the battle is between your two ears, and so uh, we're going to preach about, you know, I was thinking the word salvation uh, in, in Scripture, one of the meanings of salvations is the Greek word sozo, S-O-Z-O. And you've heard this. There's different churches and ministry. They, you can go and have a sozo, and that's a time of inner healing. But that's taken from a passage in the New Testament when uh, the woman came up to Jesus, and she had great faith that if I can just touch Jesus, if I can just get to him, and I can touch him, and I can reach out. How many know that some of the, the enemy of, of one of the enemies is uh, an enemy of unbelief, an unbelief and being walking in faith? Come on, we know this, that there's different levels of faith. We can have just ordinary faith. We can have weak faith or no faith or, come on, as we share in in the book of Hebrews, it talked about the children of Israel had a hard heart of unbelief. That's the same thing. And so then Jesus says, this person had great faith and great faith. And what faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so that's the importance of us opening our heart to the word and even feeding off the word. And we're saying, well, why do I do that? Because the word is alive. Come on. We know this from Hebrews chapter four. It says the word of God, it's quick, it's powerful, it's alive, it's active, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It goes down where? Between soul and spirit. Come on. And we know that you're a body, this body, Come on, this body is going to go back. You've been to a service. You know that that person being laid down into the ground, that there, that's their body. It's going to be that, that, that body's not going to get resurrected. Some people believe that that body. No, you're going to get a new body. You're going to get a new body. It's from the scripture. You're going to get a new body. You read Romans, our first Corinthians 15, and you'll talk about that is just the seed. Come on, how many guys are, are farmers? They are, you want to be, or want to be farmers. I know there's no farmers going to live in an urban area, but uh, I still have, we still have collard greens growing in our backyard. Thank you, Camille. She, she brought us some collard greens from Georgia, and we planted them, and they're still growing, even though they've fallen over and uh, they're growing sideways now. Uh, anyhow, you know that the manifestation of what comes out of the ground is not that body of that seed. That seed is one little form or has the DNA of the fruit or the plant, but what is manifested is totally different. 
And so it's the same way in the spirit, that which is planted, when God resurrects it and manifests it, it manifests something totally different and greater. Well, why not? Why not now? Come on, I don't want to wait till I die and get to heaven. How about, come on, why not presenting our bodies as a seed right now and say, Lord, just kill me a little bit more. Come on, let me die a little bit more. And so that that new manifestation of me can be more representative of you. Amen. And so the word of God being quick and powerful going down. And so we are a body with a soul, or I should say, let me stand corrected where Scott, he's going to correct me. No, I'm a spirit with a soul in a body. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm a spirit with a soul in a body. And so the word of God, it's alive, it's active, it's God breathed. Come on, it's the breath of God. It's the ruah of God, as we heard. It's the ruah, it's the, it's the breath of God. It's, the, it's not the, just the logos, it's not the dead letter. We know that the dead letter kills, but it's the spirit of life that the life of the word that brings life to us, or it's the spirit of the word. And so it's alive, it's active, it's powerful, it's sharper than, and it goes down into our innermost, and we don't understand it. Don't try to figure it out. Have you ever tried to figure out God? I'm sorry, don't. How does, how does God's word get into my soul and spirit? And how does it get down? I don't know. I'm just a mortal. But I know it's, it's by faith that that word goes down because God said it. It doesn't even matter if I believe it. Some people say, you know, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. No, God said it, that settled it. Whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. It's settled. If God says it, it's settled. and settled. And we just have to catch up. So come on, say, come on, tell yourself, I got to catch up. And so it goes down and it says it divides between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and it gets down and then it says that it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's pretty deep. Or it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the mind. Because heart and mind in, in the New Testament are a lot of times interchangeable. And so, uh, and then it says that there's no creature hidden that will not be exposed by what the word does for us. And so um, I know I kind of shifted a little bit on you, and uh, that just happens when you're, when you're preaching, unless you stick to the notes verbatim and you're really structured and organized. But uh, don't worry, I got 30 pages of notes. We'll get to the structure and the organization. I got the PowerPoints. This is this intro. But here was this woman, and she said, if I can just touch Jesus, if I can just touch him, she had this kind of faith that she said, if I can just touch him, I know that I would be healed. So she had a level of faith. And, and then Jesus responds to her and says, your faith has saved you. And doesn't mean your faith just made you go to heaven. But your faith saved you mean that your faith brought a dimension of salvation that wants you to be whole right now in the nasty now and now. So sozo just, it means restored. It means physical healthy. It means mentally healthy and emotionally healthy. And so it means, so this word sozo, our salvation, deals with us, with us being made whole. Just like we pray, Lord, come thy kingdom, be done thy will in earth as it is in heaven. Let's just say this, oh Lord, come thy kingdom, be done thy will in earth. That's me, not, come on, don't think of geographical areas. Think of you. 
That's you. You're the earth of God. You're the earth. You're the, you're the one. You're the vehicle. I heard someone say that God is looking for a vehicle that he can, a vehicle of transportation to carry his next move into the earth. And so God is looking for vessels that are vehicles. Say, Lord, that I'm available to you. And so as we come into, now I'm going to start my PowerPoint here, that part of our restoration process is spiritual, it's physical, and then it's also mental. And then our next aspect we'll get into is um, emotional health, and uh, then we have relational health, we have financial, vocational. I don't even know if we're going to get it all, and then it's going to be Resurrection Sunday. But, and then also, uh, Janine Sundillon is going to be here. I, Evan, Evan, I don't know why I call him. Evan is going to be preaching here with us on the 14th of March. And, uh, and then also, Pastor Portia wants me to announce the kids. We're taking you to the snow. Uh, I'm just going to hit some of you with a snowball. But anyhow, Portia wants me to tell you, parents, junior high and high schoolers, we are, I think it's going to be maybe March 4th and 5th. I told all the students, I will gladly write you a note to miss school. And I, I didn't ask your parents yet. But, uh, but just tell your teachers... Tell your teachers it's for religious purposes. And they said, what are you going to do? Say, we're going to have a snowball fight. But, but anyhow, what, what, anyhow, I, I, it's behind me, dear. Okay, here we go. And so, first slide. Let's get to it. So, Lord, we thank you for your word today. So, why must I manage my mind? Have you ever tried to manage your mind and said, Lord, you need, Lord, help me. Help me manage my mind. Have you ever like, okay, I'm doing well, and then all of a sudden, randomly, you just get a thought like out of nowhere. It's like, where did that thought come from? And even in our, in our sessions, in our lessons with our Transform book, I, I'm glad I read that first one. It says, just because you think it doesn't mean you have to act on it. I would say just because you think it doesn't mean you have to say it. How I many of you guys got that issue too going on? You just say what comes to your mind. And so managing your mind. And so because my thoughts control my life. I heard this said years ago. It says your thoughts control your words. Your words control your actions. Your actions control your habits. Your habits will lead to your character. And your character will lead to your destiny. So thoughts to words, words to actions, actions to habits, habits to character, character to destiny. And so we say, well, what's important about the way I think? As we know, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so, so is he. I don't have that verse. It says, so my thoughts control my life. And Proverbs 4, 23, this says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Everyone right now, so just lay your hand and say, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Lord, that you wash and renew my mind in Jesus' name. Now, this passage is taken from Proverbs chapter. I may have said Romans. Forgive me. My mind is already in Romans 4 or 8 because I'm going to get there. And, uh, but uh, in Proverbs chapter 4, I'll give you some, some context to this one verse, and then you'll know it. And uh, if you want to know, have you ever like, what do I read in the Bible? Well, you can read like every day of the week, depending on what day it is, like this is the 14th. You could read Proverbs 14, since there's 31 Proverbs, you can go. I used to do that like every day. I would just start off reading five Psalms and every Proverb. And if you do that every day, you'll get through the entire book of Proverbs. And then also through the entire book of Psalms every month. In addition to your daily Bible reading. How many of you guys are, are just like, Lord, help me. I need some ketchup. Come on, I got some ketchup. 
not ketchup to put on your hot dog. I'm talking about ketchup to, on, your, on your Bible reading. Thank you, Ashley. And Pastor Steve, I do. I, I was like, man, I fell behind last week. I got some ketchup to do. I don't know why I thought about ketchup, ketchup, hot dogs and ketchup. Maybe it's because the mental, yeah, it's mental, Lord. Pray, set your hands, they touch his mind. No, I'm going to tell you why I thought about ketchup, because the kids are having ketchup on their, they're, they're having a party. They're having Valentine's this morning, but they, anyhow, but Proverbs 4 says this. Proverbs 4 says, before we get to that, it says, it says the path of the just is like a shining Light or the shining sun. That's you. Your path is getting brighter. It shines even brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. But the way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let my word depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and health to all of their flesh or to their body. Then it says, verse 22 is this verse, keep your heart or keep your mind, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. And so, Lord, guard our, help us to guard our heart, guard our minds for, you know, that this area is what all, is all of our life springs forth from. Why I must manage my mind? It says because there is a battle. There is a battle. Do you guys remember the book, Every Man's Battle, or Every Young Man's Battle? And uh, I forget who wrote that, but it was dealing with, Joyce Myers wrote it. Was it Joyce Myers? Somebody wrote it, Battlefield of the Mind. And we saw that, and uh, it was dealing with, uh, one of them was dealing with sexual addiction and pornography or food. And uh, there's a lot of other addiction. How many of you guys feel like when you started that fast, you were doing good, but then you were like, where did that come from? That's right, because we're talking about food. I'm going to share something with you. Yesterday, I made my wife a Valentine's dinner. And I've been, I've been eating cleaner and healthier. But something happened when I made that food yesterday. It was like, it was like I was on drugs again. My mouth started watering. See, this is what happened. Some of you guys that did drugs before, you know that when you started meditating on getting high, you would plan out and you would start tasting it and planning it and thinking about it. You tasted that next drink of alcohol and you could taste it in your mouth or, or you wanted to go do, you wanted to premeditate on getting high and doing something. And yesterday, I mean, I scarfed that food because I was like, man, I could eat, I'm going to eat some bread. And it was good. It was good. It was protein. But I did eat some, I ate some bread. I did eat some bread. Portia wanted some clam chowder, so I stopped by the place, got her some clam chowder. But, but it was like, it was like that same drug demon in my flesh rose up, and, and I was like, man, this is some. You know what I mean? When you're trying to like, you're trying to do better, and you're trying to, you're trying to say no to certain things, and then you know, you're like, man, it's just food. But that food was like broccoli and a piece of meat that I hadn't been eating in a long time. And I was like, Jesus, where did that come from? That was, like, that was like being on drugs. And so, because what happens is, come on, 
Some of you guys that are, you know that there's dopamine. There's a release of a chemical. Come on, there's a chemical release in your, in your brain, dopamine, that you feel satisfied. You feel satisfied, whatever it is. And so I was like, Lord, help me to kill that devil. After, I mean, it tasted good. I didn't sin. I didn't do anything crazy. But I was like, mm-hmm. That's right. There's that, de- that's that flesh devil still there. Come on, just because you're pastor doesn't mean you don't have the flesh devil. Just because you go to church... You guys know what I'm talking about. So why is there a battle for my mind? And so here, Romans 7, we know this. Have you ever read this passage? Now, I'm going to keep that up there, Rick, but I'm going to read my translation. It's a little bit different. Romans 7, it says, verse 18, I'm going to give you some context of this verse. It says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Some of us, we think, oh, I'm saved. I go to church. You know, I'm all fine. I don't do nothing crazy. I'm good. Nope. In your flesh, there's no good. And so it says, for I want, for the will to do good is present inside of me. But how to do that which is good, I can't figure out. Or I can't do it. For the good that I want to do, I don't end up doing But the evil that I don't want to do, that's what I end up practicing. I find then that there is a law at work inside of me. Evil is present with me. (gasps) Not me. This is Paul talking. Evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God with my inward man. But I see another law at war in my members, warring against the law of my mind. And it brings me into slavery or it brings me into captivity, the law of sin, which is in my flesh. That's in my flesh. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who is going to deliver me from this body of death? Thank be to God through Jesus Christ who delivers us. So come on. So now when you get saved and born again, there is resurrection power that gives you victory over this. And that's why Jesus said, remember he was at the well with the woman and he says, and she was talking about worship. He says, they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so if we do that in worship, we need to do that in every other aspect of life. It has to be, yes, we are in the flesh, but we don't, we're of the flesh, but we're not have to live in the flesh. We can stay in the spirit. But it's also us, what, training ourselves or getting into spiritual shape that it just becomes easier. You guys know what I'm talking about? When you, you get to a place in God where it's not a struggle to worship. It's not a struggle to pray. It's not a struggle to get into the word. It's not a struggle because maybe you've starved some of that fleshly area and you've developed some spiritual strength, some spiritual muscle, and you're living from the inside out. Your spiritual man is dominating over your flesh man. But then there's other areas in our life where we still have the struggle. Come on, there's still that battle, right? Come on, none of us have arrived yet. We're in process. But say, come on, I'm going to keep moving. Say, what's the title of this? Catch-up. I'm going to say catch-up service. This is the catch-up mess. you got to catch up. Come on, stay in step. There's, there's a scripture that says to stay in step with the Spirit. Or I'll just say catch up with the Spirit. And so it says there's a battle for my mind. And here it is. That's Romans 7. Next 
verse, please. And why must I manage my mind? Because it's the key to peace and happiness. It's the key to peace and happiness. Come on, peace, having peace, being able to rest, being able to sleep and not have your mind just going crazy. Have you ever tried to sleep in your mind? You're worried, you're anxious. Come on, we know this from, this is not even in our notes, but we know this. It's in Philippians chapter 4. It says, be anxious for nothing. Or anxious means to be divided or worried. But in all things through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Come on, you're, if you're in a, in a funky place right now, I'm going to tell you right now, the, one of the keys to get out of whatever area you're in is start to be thankful. Start to thank God. Say, Lord, thank you. Now, it may not be what I want it to be. It may not be what I need it to be. But, Lord, you are really, really good. And I'm in a better place than I used to be. And there's a whole lot of people worse off than I. And so when you start to say, Lord, I'm going to get my eyes off of myself and turn them onto you and start to have a heart of thanksgiving that's why the key hinge of this verse in Philippians 4, it says to prayer, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And here's the promise. That's the premise. Here's the promise. The promise is, and it says, and the peace of God, which passes under all understanding. Come on, how many of you guys got a brain? You want to figure everything out. You need everything figured out. You need everything scheduled. You need everything written out. You can't function with everything. Now, there's nothing wrong with order and, and uh, a structure. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? But you always can't figure everything out in God. And so it says his peace that passes understanding. So there's a place that God wants you to say, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to try to figure I'm just going to receive it. I'm going to receive your peace. I'm not going to try to figure it out. I just want to receive it. You can just talk yourself out of it. You know, your brain and your mind of reason. God didn't call you to reason with him. He called you to believe him and have faith. And it says the peace of God that passes. Look what it says. It says it's going to be a guard or a garrison. I mean, like God will guard your heart. Like he will put angels and the Holy Ghost around your brain, around your mind. It says that the peace of God that passes will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus. And so it's the key to peace and happiness. Romans, we thank you. We have the verse here, Romans 8, 6, but let me read it. From my translation, it says, for those who live according to their flesh, this is Romans 8, 5, those who live according to their flesh, look, it says they set their mind. So if you can set your mind on fleshly things, we can set our mind on heavenly things. We can set our mind on spiritual things. You don't say, oh, the devil made you do it. Nope, you did it. Your flesh did it. The desire inside of you wanted. People's like, oh, you know, I really don't want to do it. I, you know, I feel bad. No, stop lying. You like, your flesh likes sin. We like, oh, I didn't want to do it. No, your flesh likes it, okay? If you start watching anything crazy, your flesh is going to get enticed, okay? Or you start, you know, whatever you, you're going to, your flesh will respond to that. 
But it says those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, they set their minds on things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death or brings death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You know, I think, I don't know, this is not in my notes, but there's a part of our carnal nature that likes death. That likes, it, it likes even for us to self-inflict pain upon ourselves, or to stay in a place of defeat because there's a part, you guys know what I'm talking about, like, like people that uh, they call it, I don't know, self-destruction or self-sabotage or, you know, there's a part in, and it's like you don't really like yourself. You don't love yourself. And I understand that we don't worship ourselves, but we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. But it doesn't mean we worship ourselves. But guess what? You're beautiful. You're worth being lovely. There's, but there's, the, there's a part of our old nature that wants us to, to hate ourselves. Or there's a part, or, or to keep doing um, behaviors that don't bring life. Let me just put it this way that, that don't put, bring life and peace to us. There's a part of us, and that's what the part that God, the Holy Ghost, wants to dominate and destroy so that you'll say, you know what, I'm just going, I, I don't have an appetite for that. I realize that that really is not the, my best interest. You know, I want to say no to that because I'm really saying yes to this. And I'm, when I'm saying yes to this, I'm saying no to that. And I want to stay in a place of health and peace and joy. And I want to be spiritually dominated by the Spirit of God. And then verse 7 says, it says, the carnal mind is enmity against God. The carnal mind, the part of us. Now, we're going to get to this. Don't worry. Just remember this verse because we're going to get it to when we get to Genesis. The carnal mind fights against God. And you'll see how that was birthed, how that came about. So you're like, part of us would say, I hear some of you guys thinking, well, why did God make me like that? Well, you were born into sin. And when you get remade or born again, see, in 1 Corinthians 15, it says the first Adam was a man of the flesh. But the second Adam, or it says, it uses this phrase in Corinthians 15, or it says, it says that we would bear, just like we bore the image of the first Adam, it says, so shall we bear the image of the second man. Or some translations say, or we shall bear the image of the heavenly man, which is Jesus. And so there's this metamorphosis. There's this transformation that God wants us to not just bear the image of the earthly, of the old Adam. But now that we've been born again, that we would bear the image of the heavenly or we bear the image of Jesus. And so it says back to verse seven, I'm not preaching my notes. Say, pray some of you guys that are structural and analytical say, pray for Pastor Steve to stay on these notes. It says, because the carnal mind is enmity against not God and it's not subject to the law of God, nor can it be. Verse eight, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you, everyone say me. But I am not in the flesh, but I'm in the spirit because the spirit of God dwells in me. Thank you, Jesus. And so, there's a, it's the key to peace and happiness is what being having a mind or heart controlled by the Holy Ghost. That's why it's important not just to pray in the Holy Ghost on Sunday morning. 
And not just Tuesday. How many of you guys realize is that I need to pray in the Holy Ghost or I get filled with the Holy Ghost? How many of you guys drive your car? You have, to tra- you have to commute, hopefully. If you have to commute somewhere, maybe not now, but you got to fill your car up a couple times a, a week. Maybe if you have a, an electric car, you don't have to do that, but you still better charge it, okay? But you got to stay filled up. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You got to stay plugged in. You got to stay filled up and allowing the Holy Spirit or just to being able to pray in the Holy Ghost. And some of us, we can get scared. We're like, man, what is that? I don't even know. You know, I just I get distracted. But I just want to encourage you. And I'm preaching to myself is spend time praying and breaking through the flesh and pray in the spirit. When I first got saved and I share this a lot is Courtney's great-grandmother, Sister Leora Overall, and, and another lady, Pastor Violet. These were older ladies, and they were just praying. And I'm like, I didn't even know what prayer was. I'm like, what are they doing? What are they? And I didn't know what to do. I just kneeled down over there and just listened. And then finally it got on me. And so you just, but, but you sit and you soak and you pray and you get past your natural thinking. You get into the spirit or you allow the spirit to fill you. But what happens, sometimes we are just so distracted. We don't, you know, we're, we want instant gratification. We want instant and to being able to wait and to be filled with the Holy Ghost. To be filled with the spirit of God. Now, next slide. I'll keep going for the sake of time. Three choices for a healthy mind. I must feed my mind with truth. Come on, we know this. Jesus said in Matthew 4, man doesn't live by Chick-fil-A alone, but every word that proceeds, every preceding word, every living word that comes out of the mouth of God. And so when you get to a place, maybe as we've gone through our time of fasting, our transformation and praying, hopefully even as you're reading your Bible in, in, a, in a more structured, disciplined uh, way, that you realize that God's word is becoming more alive to you and that you can actually feed off of it and you can meditate upon it and that it actually gets inside of you and it's something that can sustain you. It better sustain you. And when do you need to do it? Next slide, or maybe here. Psalm 119 says all the time. Let me say all the time. Just like it says we can pray without ceasing. Come on, we can feed on God's word all the time. Psalm 119, 147 says, I cry out early. I cry out for help and to put my hope in your words. In your words. Psalm 119, 97 says, Lord, oh, how I love your word. I think about it all the day long. But have you ever read that and say, I'm lying? Because we don't think, we don't, we don't do this. We don't do this. We could like get up here and like read the scriptures and like, maybe you do, maybe you're like, but you know what I'm saying? It's like part of us does not want to be hypocrite, but say, Lord, help me, get me there. Catch me up, Lord, catch me up. So that I will be, you know, when I read this prayer that this, what I'm saying, will actually be my reality. Come on, we all, come on, come on, we need you, Lord. We need help. We need help, Lord, because we, see, our minds are distracted so easily. And we can, yeah, have our time of prayer. And then, and uh, I'm not saying we can just go and backslide. But you know what I'm saying? It's a battle for your mind. And just, you have to, now I'm not saying you deal with natural responsibilities. You deal with work. You deal with school. You have to deal with natural things. But in the midst of that, you can keep an attitude that says, Lord, these things are important. There's things that are needed. But, Lord, they're not my source.
They're not my satisfaction. They're not my fulfillment. You are. And so, Lord, keep me in, your, in the hollow of your hand. And then Psalm, 16, or Psalm 16, 7 says, Even in the darkness of night, your teachings fill my mind. Amen, Lord. Help us. Grow us up to that place where we love you. Second, number two, it says, I must free my mind from destructive thoughts. Have you ever been in a battle where you're like, man, this, this is dominating me? Just destructive thoughts. It could be depression. It could be anxiety. It could be fear. It could be lust. It could be something, uh, greed or something that you know. And so, and here it is in Romans 8, it says, it says those are, who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. And so you say, well, Lord, how do I get, how do I get controlled by the Holy Spirit. Well, if you haven't been water baptized, get water baptized. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, now a lot of churches, they don't even talk about the Holy Ghost anymore. They don't talk about preaching. They don't talk about speaking in tongues, about praying and waiting. And, you know, I didn't even know what tearing was until somebody had to explain that to me. But tearing just means that you wait and you get filled up with God. You know, think about it. We'll wait in line to go to a sporting event. We'll wait in line to go to a restaurant. We'll wait in line and for other things. And so being able to say, Lord, I want you. Fill, fill me up. And so to get destructive thoughts, you get filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. This is vital. Because some foundations, you know, have you ever, I don't know if you ever tried, you've seen something built and if it wasn't built properly didn't have a proper foundation it doesn't last and so in our lives and this may be elementary to a lot of you there is salvation that's an elementary truth you get saved you get born again the second one is you get water baptized you go down and you get that old nature killed and died and you rise in newness of life the third one that we believe and teach is the baptism of the holy spirit with the evidence of speaking. So John the Baptist says, I'm baptizing you with water, but there's one mightier than me. He's coming. He's going to baptize you with not just the Holy it's, it's the Holy Spirit and fire. It's the fire. It's the fire. It's the fire of, of purification. It's the, it's the fire of refinement. It's the fire of holiness. Next verse, 2 Corinthians 10, 3. I love this. This is, just think of how powerful this is. It says, though we live in the flesh, or though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Is there a fight for your brain, for your mind? You better believe it. Come on, there's a fight. There's a fight. And uh, don't worry, you, may, you don't have to fight all the time because when you get to a place of victory, the Holy Ghost uh, takes over and controls you. And like some, someone said, man, am I going to be struggling with alcohol my whole life? You know, I'm like, no, come on. God wants to, to like, I used to go when I was in my addiction and some people go, hi, my name is you. Some of you guys know you're going to AA or NA and you have to say, hi, my name is so-and-so. I'm an addict. And you're like, oh, I've been clean 10 years. I'm like, I'm not saying that. I had to say, I said, I'm not going to say that. I don't believe that. Because they, they say, oh, it's a disease. You're going to be like, yes, yeah, the disease of humanity. All of us are diseased. And so, but they want to say, you know, and so my, I was talking to even some guys from Teen Challenge 
that were here. I'm like, you know what? God will heal you and deliver you and take you through a process of restoration that as long as you stay in walking with God, he'll transform you and make you new. And he'll, you won't have to be like, oh, I've gone 28 days and I haven't had a drink. God has so much more for us to live by because our identity is not based upon our addiction or, or the addiction or the sexual addiction. or the. I mean, God wants to like, come on, he has so much more for our lives than addictions and habits and struggles. And they're real. They are real. They're valid. I'm not saying they're not. People, we, we, we're in this flesh. But God wants to bring us into the power of his truth to be manifested in our reality. If it's not, then what are we preaching this for? Why are we even reading our Bible? If that truth, uh, the truth of salvation, of sozo salvation, where God saves you for heaven, but now he heals you for, for reality and causes you to now, is it, is it a process? Yes. Yes. Do you need to talk to somebody and receive prayer? Yes. Do you need to get touched? Yes. Does it happen instantaneously? instantaneously? Not always. But get there. Or, in the words of Pastor Steve, catch up. Catch up to where God wants us to be. And so it says, though we live in the flesh, we don't war, wage war as the world does, for the weapons of our fight are not the weapons of the, of the world. So look at your neighbor and say, how are you fighting? Or what are you fighting with? Come on, people are not our enemies. Come on, people are not our enemies. They're not our enemies. People are not our enemies. Come on, we know this from Ephesians chapter 6. What? It says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And so they're not, a, but it says the weapons of our warfare are not earthly or of this world. Our weapons have divine power. Now look at this verse in this passage. It says it has divine power to not just pull down. Some of your verses says to pull. It says to demolish or to destroy or to cause it to just go and not even be there anymore. Like have you ever blown something up and you were a kid and you just like to play with dynamite? I don't know. I didn't do that. I was scared. But but I mean, I popped a firecracker in my hand. It hurt. But you know what I'm talking about? Like when you destroy something, you know, or you demolish something like, like we did to the bathroom and with the sledgehammer, we took to the old tile, that old tile. Like, let me just use an example. Like the men's room is, is let me just use this for an example. The men's bathroom, when you get there, you will, it will not, now, not that the ladies go into the men's bathroom or the men go into ladies, but for the men, when you go in there, you will not recognize the old because the old will be demolished. Thank you, Tanner, for breaking that toilet. Tanner was getting happy. He was breaking up the tile and he hit a toilet and just broke. Thank God the water didn't. But anyhow. But it says our weapons are the, the divine weapons of God. They demolish strongholds. Strongholds are just patterns of thinking, of thoughts that I'm always going to be like this. Come on, thoughts. I'll get there. Thoughts. Memories, imaginations, but they demolish strongholds. And it says we demolish every or any argument. How many of you guys got some arguments going on in your brain? How many of you guys even argue with yourself? 
Come on, don't, tell, don't look at your wife or your spouse. Come on, you guys, you argue with yourself. Let the Holy Ghost side of you win, not that flesh side of you. Okay, it says, but we demolish any argument and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive, take captive. So when you get a thought, let that thought run through your brain. Let it keep going. Don't, don't. Or you take authority over it. You take authority over it. Now, it doesn't mean you're not battling with it. It doesn't mean that that thought, thoughts will produce urges inside of you. They'll put desire. Thoughts will cause you to feel emotional. They'll make you uh, feel your heart to start beating or fear. Come on. Thoughts can do that. Feelings can do that. But it says that you can take captive the thought. And if you have to cry out, and you've heard Pastor Portia, she said she was having the dream or whatever. She just, there was no one to pray for. She just laid hands on herself like, Jesus, help me get this thought out of my mind. And so, but it says, take, take captive the thought. You can take captive the thought under the power of the Holy Ghost and make it obedient to the word of God. Next slide. And so here it is. How does it come about? How does this devil get in? How does this temptation work? See, Jesus, when he was praying, remember Jesus was in the garden and he was praying and he says, can you pray with me for an hour? And he came back and they were sleeping again. They were sleeping. And he was like, man, can't you just tarry? Can't you just pray? And come on, how many of you guys ever thought, man, pray an hour? Oh my, how do I do that? I can't even pray five minutes. So like worship for an hour? Sing for an hour? And so Jesus says to them, he says, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. And then he says, pray that you don't enter into temptation. Now, it doesn't mean that, or he says, pray that you, Pastor Steve's translation of Jesus saying, is that temptation is going to come to everybody. We're all going to be tempted. But if you have a relationship in the spirit and in prayer, you'll have the power when temptation rises up in front of you that you don't have to go through the door. You don't have to say, open the door and say, okay, I'm going in with you. You can just keep the door closed. You can hear temptation knocking. You can see it open, but it says you don't have to enter into it. And so temptation comes from the lure of our own evil desires. Now we're getting back here. This life, the evil desires where, as we read in Romans 4, the evil desires that dwell in our carnality, in our flesh nature. Remember, he says, in my flesh dwells no good thing. These evil desires lead to evil actions, and then the evil actions lead to death. This is James 1, 14 through 15. Now, step one is desire. Now look at this verse. If you have your Bibles, I don't know if we have it, Rick, if I have it there in, I don't think I gave it to you, but turn to me, turn with me in your Bibles real quick. This is the only verse. Come on. We, you know, by us putting all these scriptures up there, we're making you lazy and getting you out of shape. Come on. So turn with me in your Bible or your smartphone or dumb phone or whatever you have. Turn with Genesis chapter three, Genesis chapter three. Look what happened. desire. And as you're turning there really fast, it says that Satan, who was more crafty and subtle 
than any of the beasts of the field. He came to Eve and he says, did God really say you can't eat of the trees of the... Now think how dumb that is because Jesus, God, told them that they could eat of all the trees except... And so rather than looking at all that we can do, sometimes the enemy says, well, look what you can't do. This one thing, you know, God wants that one thing in your life. But, you know, we look at this one thing that God says no to. But he says 99.9 yes to all this other stuff. But here's the subtle devil coming. He says, did God really say? And God didn't say that. But it says this about Eve. Look, in verse 6 of Genesis 3, it says that she saw that the tree was desirable for food. Desire. Everyone say desire. And I would say, Lord, touch my eyes. And then it says it was also pleasurable to the eye. Or it says that it, she, let me go back to number one. It saw that the tree was good for food. Remember I told you about my, my dinner story yesterday? I was like, Lord, help me when I go through the supermarket to see all that devilish food. Lord, help me to say no to those devils. Let me say no to those donuts and cupcakes and sugar, all that stuff. But, okay. But it says that she saw that it was good for food and it was pleasurable to the eye. And it was also desirable to make her wise. What do we have here? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And look what happened. It's also in Genesis 3. It said that when they ate and they partook, that now... They knew good and evil. And God's original purpose was for us not to know evil. Now, I'm not talking about with your brain. I'm talking about knowing it in your, in your essence of your being. And so now that they disobeyed God, death came and they now experienced evil in their fleshly being. Where the original purpose was that they would only know good. And so what does God, not that we, come on, we have a spirit of wisdom, we know how to discern. But God, but at that point, at the fall, that was the curse. That they knew good and evil. Even though they loved God and had a relationship with God and were his kids, they had this new law working in their flesh, and it was the knowledge of evil. Just like it is today. You and I have the same situation. That's what Jesus did when he came to the cross and restored us and redeemed us and brought us back. Is to bring us back into position with God where we do not know evil. Now, are we going to discern it? Yes. But is it going to be something that we live off or we feed off? No, 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 no. God is going to bring us to a place. But here it is back in our flesh. It's desire. And then it's doubt. Did God really say? It's deception, believing the lie. And it's disobedience and defeat. Psalm 119 says, I've made up my mind to obey your law forever, no matter what. Come on. So church today... As I'm coming to a close, and Daniel, if you want to come back to the piano, thank you. We can set our mind, and we can set our heart, and we could just know good. Come on, how many say, Lord, I, I want to know good. 
I want to know life. I want to know you. I don't want to know evil in my flesh anymore. I don't want to obey evil in my choices. And then the last part, and I'm wrapping up here. Good thing I don't don't even know what time it is. Oh, good. I have five minutes. I'll get you out of here. Don't worry. It says, I must focus my mind on the right things. Come on. I must think about Jesus. Think about Jesus. Focusing my mind on the right things about Jesus. Keeping my mind on him. Think about Jesus' example. We all know this. Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, me also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured. What is God doing in us in even our time of transformation? He's putting a spirit of endurance in us. He's putting in a, a new strength inside of us, a new spiritual strength a new physical strength, a new mental strength, a new emotional strength, a relational strength. I told you as we go through this, it's not something we're just talking about. It's something that we are praying into existence is that we will be more like Jesus. And Jesus for the joy. Come on, think about what was the joy? He was going to get persecuted. He was going through ridicule and death. He was going to go face the ultimate betrayal and pain that anyone knew to be crucified and not just crucified to be whipped 39 times some of us like oh i don't want to go through trauma i don't want pain i don't you know we 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 live in this world like that hurt my feelings i got my feelings hurt and we we even parents we want to protect our kids i don't want them going to that school because their feelings will get hurt well welcome to life And there's part of us that wants to avoid pain because we think that if we go through pain, it's going to traumatize us. And maybe it will, but it's not greater than God. It's not greater than the power. You know, I know this because when you read the Bible, if you read it, Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, we, we like this verse. I know I got notes. I don't even get to the notes. Um, it says, you know, to assemble yourselves and stir each other up with love and, and, and stir each other up for good works. And that's in Hebrews 10, 32. But then it gets down to 38 of Hebrews 10. And it says this. It says, but be ever mindful of what you went through when you first got saved or when you first got illuminated and it says it uses this word about your mind it says it says to be ever mind it says actually it says to recall to mind what you went through to get saved or it says what did you go through after you got saved now if you read this verse these people got kicked out of their families they got their houses repossessed They got their money taken. Now, that sounds pretty traumatic to me. That's pretty traumatic. 
And so for us to read this and be like, oh, that's not traumatic. That's not painful. That's not. And these people, and I'm like, Jesus, help me not to run from the pain of just saying no to my flesh. Help me not run from pain that wants to produce life in me. Now, I'm not saying don't do something stupid and don't, don't go do, you know, inflict yourself with pain. But my point being is there's pain. There's going to be pain in life. There's pain. We don't, we're not exempt from that. Read the book of Job. You see that. And so, but what is it? It's the spirit, the different spirit. It's the spirit of endurance. It's the spirit of faith that no matter what's happening in the natural, we live in another world. We live in a spiritual world. Now, I'm honest, I'm preaching, I'm preaching to, uh, to myself and to heaven because for most of us, we don't live like that. We live dominated by the natural. We live dominated by the carnal. We live dominated by the stupid news that you see on TV and watch with the... God is so much the power of God and his word. Do we live from the news of heaven and the news of the word of God and that reality? Lord, help us. Are you transforming us, Lord? Are you really sifting us? Are you really dealing with our hearts? Are we just playing? Are we just coming? Are we just playing with you? Are we really saying no? Are you dealing with our motives? Are you dealing with our attitude? Are you dealing with our secrets? Are you dealing with the areas of our life that we don't want you to touch? Doesn't feel good. But Jesus says it's going to produce something great inside of you. So we look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you ever read this? Have you ever read the Bible and it just comes alive and you see the picture? Like Jesus, I could see him, that he dominated over the cross. Like he wasn't afraid to go and get beat. He wasn't afraid. Now, Pastor Eva, I'd probably be a little afraid. I knew you were going to kill me and whip me. I probably, you know, there's probably like, I don't really want this. But come on, remember Jesus in his humanity? He was like, Father. I mean, he was, he was praying so hard. He was dropping. Blood was coming out. He was like, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, Lord, let this cut pass from me. But nevertheless, your will be done. I mean, Jesus was dealing with his humanity right there. He was dealing with, like, I don't, my flesh doesn't want to die. My humanity doesn't want to go through the mind of humanity. He says, but there was something greater inside of him, the Spirit of God, and he knew that he was going to do something that only, only he and his Father could do. This was the mystery. This was the plan. This was the power of God. This was the purpose in which he came to earth was to go and redeem all of humanity because he knew that what happened in the beginning, this was the plan of creation from the beginning, and so he says, you know what? It's just temporary. I'm going to go through it. I'm going to go through it for three days. I'm going to be beat. I'm going to be tortured. I'm going to be crucified. But they could do it to my flesh, but they can't kill me because only I can lay down my life. And he laid it down. They didn't kill Jesus. He laid itself down, but it produced a power of resurrection. And it says that he went back and he took the blood that was the new covenant of his blood and he ratified all of the law and all of the covenant and everything. He, rat he made it in himself and he brought that blood back into heaven and he sat down 
at the right hand of the throne of God. And when he sat down, he was like, it's a done deal. It's a done deal. Nothing can stop by one. We know this from the word by one sacrifice. He has forever perfected those that are being sanctified by one sacrifice, the blood, by one sacrifice, the cross. He has forever sanctified us. That meaning like, you know what? I could live like a free person. I can live in freedom. I can live in peace. I can live and not be dominated by my flesh. I can live and not be dominated by my emotions. I can live and not be dominated by my carnal mind. I can live. That's the freedom that Jesus brings. And you know what? Maybe you know it like that. Maybe you don't. Sometimes I know it like that. Sometimes I don't. But I want him to be formed in me, in my spirit, man. I want to be dominated by the spirit. But I know it's, it's a partnership. It's, he doesn't make me do it. I have to choose it every day. I have to choose Say, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me to say no to this and yes to you. Help me to say no. No, no. That's why I shared earlier having a vision. It's something about recall and memories. Because you think about when I shared this, when I used that verse, recall. When you recall memories, they can produce emotions. They can produce feelings. They can produce taste, sense, smell. Have you ever smelled something and it just brought you back to a childhood memory? Right? It's the power of our recall, power of our mind and our memory. And, and whatever has happened, it's happened. Come on, we've all had traumatic experience in some ways and whatever. I could, we could make a list. And those things are, are real, but God is greater than those. So today, would you just stand on your feet? And if you're here under the sound of my voice, those, whatever is causing us to maybe have struggle in our minds and we need peace and we want that peace that God gives, that peace that passes understanding to help us in our mental capacity. And when we leave, we can come to church and we can fight through it, we can worship. And when we leave here and we get in our cars and we drive and wherever we go in our homes, Lord, I declare your peace. Peace, Lord. Your word says that our entire spirit, soul, and body would be preserved. So let your pres preservation, let your preserving power, Lord, rest upon each heart today. Let it rest upon our minds, Lord, that we'll know a greater victory, Lord, in our mental faculties, Lord, where there's confusion or there's despair or fear or anxiety or worry or depression. Lord, those things that are not of you, Lord, that we will say, Lord, Jesus, fill us. Come on, fill us. Fill us with you. Fill us with you and you just start to worship. Say, thank you, Jesus. I'm setting my affections on you. I'm setting my heart on you. Greater than what I'm going through. Greater than what I'm dealing with. Greater than the, the feelings and the things that want to go and pull me back. Pull me to the left or to the right. 
pull me up, pull me down, and cause me to be in a whirlwind. Lord, but you come to settle us. You come to settle your people. Hmm. Last verse, and I'll let you go. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear, even though the earth is removed, even though the mountains are carried into the sea, even though its waters roar and are yelling at me and are troubled, even though the mountains are shaking, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. That's you. The holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is inside of her. She will not be shaken or she will not be moved. God is helping her just at the break of dawn. The nations are raging. The kingdoms are being moved. But he utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with me. The God of Jacob is my refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord. He'll make desolations of the earth. He makes wars to end. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in fire. Be still. And know that I am God. Be still and know. Be still. Be still. Thank you, Jesus. Cause us to know. Be still and know. Jesus. We recognize that you're God. You're God. You're our God. You're my God. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. You're my best friend. You're my transformer. You're my healer. You're my restorer. You're my lover. You're my fulfiller. You're my satisfaction. You're the air that I breathe. You're the life that I live. You're my everything. You're my everything. Mm. And we thank you today. If you're here today and you want some special prayer, We'll be glad to pray with you. We're just going to keep playing. And, but if you want some special prayer, maybe to my right or, or the left sides, and we'll be able to pray with you. If there's something in this word that says, Pastor Steve, I, I, just, I want some added strength in this area, we'll be glad to pray for you. But if not, have a great day in the Holy Spirit. Have a great day in the Holy Ghost. We love and appreciate you. 
Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.